Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. From Pennsylvania Avenue to Main Street, Scott Inez tackles the hot topics like only he can. It's time for Inez Says. Hey, thanks for being here. Welcome back to the Inez Says Podcast. I am Scott Inez. Thanks for climbing aboard today. You can find the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can find it right there in the WDBO app in WDBO.com. And please join me for Orlando's Morning News with Scott Inez, 5 to 9 a.m. every single weekday on WDBO 107.3 FM and AM 580. And be sure to stream us right there in the WDBO app. Well, a couple of huge topics on the docket today with U.S. Congressman Mike Waltz. Mike represents Florida's 6th Congressional District. He serves on a number of different committees. And among the topics on deck for the congressman today, the new border bill and the U.S. striking back at Iranian proxies in the Middle East. Here's that chat with Congressman Mike Waltz now. Before we get to this border legislation here, I want to talk to you about the Biden administration starting these retaliatory strikes on Syria and in Iraq. The Pentagon says that more than 80 targets in Syria and Iraq were destroyed or rendered inoperable after those three American servicemen were killed about a week and a half ago. Congressman, what do you make of these U.S. strikes against these targets here? Look, I mean, we all hope that they're successful. Uh, We all hope that Iran uh, gets the message and uh, stops attacking uh, our, our troops and, oh, by the way, international shipping uh, down, in the, uh, down in the Red Sea. But I got to be honest with you, I'm incredibly skeptical, having served all over that region. Iran's core strategy, and this is what the administration just doesn't get or refuses to get, is that they will trade the lives of these militias, uh, these Iraqis, these Yemenis uh, in Hezbollah, uh, Hamas, They'll trade those lives. Those are their foot soldiers. They're expendable for American and Israeli lives all day long. So until you you start taking Iranians off the battlefield, and that doesn't have to be inside Iran. There are plenty of their operatives running around the Middle East who serve alongside these militias. They train them. They lead them. They resource them. Uh, But until you you start doing that uh, and or uh, infrastructure that they care about, assets that they care about, I don't think they're going to back down. What is this administration's constant fascination with the appeasement of Iran? Like, I can't figure this out. And, and it was the same thing in the Obama administration. Yeah, no, it's the same. It's the same people uh, that was I mean, you know, it's not a kind of a Republican tagline when you say this is Obama uh, 2.0. It's uh, Blinken was with Obama. Jake Sullivan was with Obama, his deputy, Feiner, 
Lloyd Austin, the defense secretary, was the general in charge of the Middle East under Obama. Mm. So it literally is all the same people that are calling the shots. Uh, and they have long believed that they can pull Iran into the fold. And they have a they have a broader gen, uh, strategy. You see them doing this with China. If we can just put diplomacy up front, if we can make some concessions to get people to the table, if we can if we can be the good guys, they'll be the good guys uh, with us. That's not how dictatorships operate. No. Uh, they see weakness and they smell opportunity, uh, and they are going to push as hard and as long and get away with as much as they can until they say, you know what, the costs are too high. I better back off. Then uh, they're going to they're going to continue this type of behavior, and that's why you see all of them right now on the march, uh, and it is incredibly destructive to uh, our national security and, and global security. So uh, they, once they are met with strength and force, uh, they will back down. And it's just the, the old Reagan adage of, of peace through strength. And it is not uh, what they are doing right now has not worked and will not work. Strength and force. You mentioned that, Congressman. It, it certainly looked as if this White House was almost telegraphing what it was going to do before we struck those targets. What do you make of the strategy here in striking back after those three American service members were killed uh, by these uh, Iranian-backed groups here? Were, were we telegraphing what we're going to do here? Well, we absolutely were. And, and local media in the Middle East, even the BBC, are reporting that you know most of those sites had been evacuated. We did cause some casualties. We took some of these, you know, local militia fighters, uh, you know, off the battlefield, but it's not going to I want to be clear. I mean, people think sometimes when I when I lay this out, how deterrence works in the Middle East. Oh, OK, you want to start another war with Iran or, you know, this is how things escalate. Uh, it's it's actually the opposite. Uh, the the more you talk de-escalation, the more you say to the schoolyard bully, "Hey, can I just give you a little more lunch money? Will you leave me alone?" <laughs> the more he's get aggressive, the schoolyard bully is going to get. Until you sometimes you have to escalate a bit. That doesn't mean you're starting World War Three or sending the Marines into Tehran. There's an escalation ladder. You move it up a bit. You punch the bully in the nose, uh, and things settle back down. And if it doesn't, then you move it up another notch. And so that's the strategy this administration should take. But instead, everybody in the region knew what was coming. They evacuated most of these sites. Um, and unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, I think they're going to come right back at it um, in the not too, not too distant future. This border deal released on Sunday night. The House Speaker, Mike Johnson, says it's DOA. Um, he says it's worse than he expected. Now we're hearing a lot of GOP mm. senators kind of backing off what they originally said about it. What, what is your take on this bill here, Congressman? Well, I think there are a couple of fundamental flaws. Number one, uh, we pushed the Biden administration not to bundle all of this stuff together. Ukraine deserves a separate debate. Israel deserves a separate debate and certainly the border. So that's point one. Point two, that uh, Speaker Johnson wasn't included in any of these negotiations. We passed uh, a border bill nine months ago. Uh, it was our second bill uh, that came out of the Republican House, H.R. 2. And the biggest piece of that uh, that was in H.R. 2 that would have codified what Trump did into law was the remain in Mexico policy. That's a huge piece that is missing from this deal. And then secondarily, there's this it's very complicated and there's a lot of stuff out there. But basically, uh, if a certain threshold is met, uh, this 5000 number everybody is talking about, what proponents would say is, hey, this is this forces 
DHS and Border Patrol to lock down the border. But the problem is that the cartels can stay just under that threshold. They're very clever, number one. And number two, nobody trusts Mayorkas, who were about to impeach for not following the law, to actually follow this law and enact those provisions. And there's all kinds of loopholes. For example, it sunsets over three years. Uh, There's a limited amount of days that he could actually enact that emergency measure to lock down the border if you reach the threshold. And oh, by the way, even if he does it, you could still claim asylum by going to a port of entry. The cartels will just overwhelm the ports of entries. That's where everybody will go. So uh, there's just too many loopholes, and I think there's fundamental flaws like the Remain in Mexico policy, which Border Patrol is telling us would have a 70 percent or would deter 70 percent of the migrants that are flowing across our border. Well, it, it seems to me that you're taking a really, really bad situation and just making it really bad, a, a little less bad. Am I wrong here? <laughs> I mean, you, you're not trying to fix the border situation. You, you, you're trying to appear to put a Band-Aid on it. How about in, instead of allowing four to 5,000 migrants a day, how about just shutting down the border? Is that too much to ask for yeah. here? Which Biden absolutely could do. Look, he undid dozens of presidents. Trump's executive orders, uh, he could put them right back into place. This is election year theatrics, and you're already seeing the talking points. Uh, you know, uh, Biden throwing up his hands and saying, "Hey, I tried. Republicans wouldn't let me do it." It's it, the whole thing's a false premise. He could shut it down if he wanted to on his own authority. President Trump did. Biden undid it. <laughs> And and uh, and Biden could put it right back in place. Yeah. Finally, you, you alluded to this. The House, uh, you folks in the House set to impeach the DHS secretary, Mayorkas, today. If it happens, it would be the first time in nearly 150 years a cabinet official is impeached. What do you think is going to happen later today, Congressman? Well, look, it is uh, it's incredibly serious. I don't I haven't talked to anyone who doesn't uh, understand the gravity of this. Impeachment is one of the most serious and heavy constitutional authorities that that we have. Um, But I don't see any other way forward. And as I was just saying, there's no confidence that no matter what we passed, even if we passed H.R. 2, that this cabinet secretary, uh, Mayorkas, would actually follow the Constitution and follow the law. You know, it was amazing. Nobody told me when I was running. They told me it would be really hard uh, when I was running for Congress. Uh, and our founding fathers intentionally made it hard with all of the checks and balances. But nobody briefed me that you finally get a law passed and then you could have an administration that just ignores it. Uh, but that's what's been happening uh, Uh, the last three years, and we're seeing the devastating results, not only from fentanyl, but schools that are closed, community centers that are closed, airports that are uh, overrun uh, with migrants, and who in the heck is going to pay for all of this? And when I talk to homeless veterans who say, I can't get into a shelter, uh, it really, it not just infuriates me, it infuriates my constituents, and enough is enough. Much appreciation to U.S. Congressman Mike Waltz for appearing on the Inez Says podcast today. That's going to wrap it up for the podcast. Join me on the radio every weekday morning. Orlando's Morning News with Scott Inez, 5 to 9 a.m. on WDBO 107.3 FM and AM 580. I'll see you next time. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. 
change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware.